Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 3, Episode 14. I am Carmel Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare, as always. Are you really who you seem? Mm, perhaps I am an alien. No, 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 we're back with this episode, which is part one of a two-parter. We're back to those again. We haven't had a two-parter for a while, I think. No. It's been a while. Hmm. Beginning of season three. Episodes three and four. Self-inflicted wounds. Ah, yes. The, the one where Zan dies. Not since then have we had a two-part episode. So that's no, that ten sense. episodes ago, really. That's been months. Like, yeah, that's a long that... time in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this is called... Uh, the two-parter is called Infinite Possibilities. And this is part one, Daedalus Demands. Yes. And so uh, that's... Oh, I hope I get this right. I should have looked this up beforehand. It, Greek myth? Yes. Right. Daedalus and Icarus. Icarus is like, I'm going to build these wax wings and fly really far. And Daedalus is like, hey, kid, don't fly close to the sun because you'll get, they'll melt and you'll fall down. And Icarus is like, F you, dad. I'm doing it anyway. And then... <laughs> and basically the wax melts and he falls to his death. And dad's like, told you so. Kids these days. And <laughs> so... Damn yeah, millennials. Like, <laughs> this is ancient Greece. Well, I, I, I don't think they had millennials back then. <laughs> anyway, the, the, you know, it gets used all the time in fiction as a shorthand for you know flying too close to the sun and looking for forbidden knowledge and like going too far. And you know, you yeah. get you get what they're going for here. So, with the risk of jumping ahead a little bit, uh, this week's episode is called Deadless Demands, and next week's episode is called Icarus Abides. Yeah. So there you go. You got that. Duality I, I, I love when titles just do that. <laughs> Tell their own little story. Yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, we are back on Talon this week, after last week on Moya with Scratch and Sniff. And, like I said last week, that was a fun episode, and Moya was that like... That was great. That was great. And so, but now we're back to Talon, which has consistently been a better set of stories. Mm -hmm. And so we shall see what happens here and so uh, let's kick things off and we start off with usually with these things you get a previously on because we've been away from one group for a while but this is mm -hmm. previously on farscape aka previously on season one of farscape yes because we get Dang, we are going back we get shots from till the blood runs clear of um them meeting up with furlough and the wormhole knowledge that john gave her on a tape because she you know wasn't going to release his ship. Just reminding people, because it's been a long time. It's been two seasons, almost exactly, I think. year. Of course, returning is uh, Magda Zubansky as Furlough. And, yep. uh, well, you see her again, and actually turns out she, they're in this episode because that's kind of the crux of the whole thing. So this is all the the reminder of, this is uh, Dambada, this is where you know he put the, the information on wormholes, this is solar you know, flares, solar flares, all that stuff, and so like, okay, this will be relevant. It goes on for like a good minute and a oh, half. Oh yeah, this is a long one. Mm. So then we come back to the present time, and we're on Talon, and we're inside Talon, and mm -hmm. looking up. Uh, there's like a the little bed by one of the small windows that we've seen before, and Crichton and Aaron are lying on it in sort of various states of undress. <laughs> they're just and, like they're just sort of cuddling together, really. And this is so cute because Aaron is learning to read English. Yeah, g uh, n gun. 
and like saying it kind of awkwardly to try and get across that she's saying it in English, not that it's yeah. being translated, which I like that they're trying to make that clear, which works. I'm just wondering how you do that, if you can understand every language, how do you um, even learn a language? Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> and so they're just sort of snuggling, doing that, and it is very cute, and he starts kissing her, and then through the window, just suddenly, f- f- with no warning, something a appears. Different win- a different window. Yeah, appears. Well, actually, before that happens, Aaron says to Crichton, it's like, you're feeling something weird, aren't you? Like, he's like, yeah, there's something in my head. Like, I feel like the ancients are looking for me. They're basically sending a signal to his brain. Yeah, and she's like, like you know... Yo, get over here! Mm. And he's like, you think I'm crazy, don't you? And she says, yeah, but I, o- I always think you're crazy. It's it's very cute together but then yeah the wormhole appears and it's just a big huge wormhole immediately outside the window and they can see through it there's a planet and oh oh my god it's earth and immediately i'm like seems a little too easy yeah and rachel's like oh no chris asks rachel like you've seen this before yes uh, sadly i have and tell apparently runs a scan and it's like the planet has no mass yeah, it's clearly it, an illusion. And at that point, John walks in and is like, yeah, no, it's a billboard. It's to signify that we're at the right place. It's a fake. Yeah. That's it's, what it's, it's simply just a, a very convenient message. Like, it's like, hey, hey remember yo, this? Yo, John, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and so Crichton is like, all right, ancients, if you're here, come on out. You found me. I'm here. What do you want? And then we see Jack come aboard. Yes. As in... I mean... <laughs> John's just dad, Jack. Yeah, on board. he just materializes. It's John's father, Jack. But remember, again, this is like deep cuts to previous uh, seasons where the ancients, one of the ancients, took the form of John's father to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so, presumably, this is the same ancient. You know, this, this is to refresh everyone's memory: the ancients that you know put the wormhole knowledge in Crichton's head in the first place, and they were looking for. A home for themselves and they thought they could use earth but then looking in john's head they found out no that's a bad idea because <laughs> yep. earth sucks and and this is basically the one that john has talked to previously yeah and so and he comes in he pissed oh he's upset i thought i knew you john but i may have been wrong he just talk, i think does he grab him by the throat and he's like no 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 he just puts his hand towards oh, yeah. john's forehead and then john's forehead lights up and he's like Ooh, spooky ghost powers yeah he's just like whoa and then yeah john's like and it's like if i am wrong about you Crichton, i may have to kill you and then titles (laughs) all of that happens really quickly actually i thought that was a very very fast paced like here's the problem for the episode yeah it's like here's the problem here he is let's go Mm. and so we come back from the titles and jack is inside Crichton's mind and it's basically just a blue void with the two of them standing next to each other, superimposed, uh, like, double exposure of a close-up of Crichton's face as Jack walks slowly around him. What is it with everybody wanting to live in John's head? Yeah, it's, 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 can't, it can't be an attractive prospect, surely. Why would you want he, to be in Crichton's head? The housing prices must be going skyrocket. Well, no, they must be really cheap, because <laughs> <laughs> cause it's such an awful place to live. I mean, That's why everyone is trying to 
<laughs> I don't know. Everybody apparently wants to move in. Mm. There's already one. Well, it's prices right elsewhere in the universe are just way too high. Yeah, that's probably it. So anyway, he, Jack is saying the ancients, you know, recapping a bit of what happened, and John's like, well, I thought you said you were looking for somewhere. It's like, yeah, we did. We found a world to inhabit. Yay! Like, All right, good for you. Congratulations. And what the hell are you doing here? And Jack says that well, when they were traveling to this new home, they saw something through the wormholes, and he shows up an image of the Farscape module being flown oh. through a wormhole by a weird alien yes and he's like um excuse me <laughs> like that's i didn't fly that a that ship through there that can't be my I, ship i'm no he says because well, john asks like when do you, last did you see this in a quarter of a cycle ago and, yeah no my ship was still on boy at that point yeah and he's like, i know nothing about this i had nothing to do with it and the module apparently also had an extra bit of tech on it on the top of it that's like a just a lump of gray metal that is a, a phase stabilizer which allows for safe travel through the wormhole and we've, remember we've heard, heard yeah. that thing before scorpius mm -hmm. was working on one yeah that was in incubator and when you don't have one of those you people liquefy on the other end you turn soldiers into soup Yes, <laughs> but John never used one of those. Like, he's never actually needed that for the module, weirdly. But Crichton is just trying to convince Jack he didn't do anything. It's like, I don't know about any of this. And Jack says, we gave you a gift, and this is how you use it. Or something John's like, like, what gift? What the hell Because technically he knows, but... He's not supposed to know about it. No. <laughs> he only knows because of the Aurora chair, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, oh, no, wheelchair no. and and uh, Harvey. Speaking of which, yeah, it's time for Harvey to show up because Harvey is like, right, I need your attention, John, and this is the best thing. <laughs> yes, because like, we cut to he just flashes to John and Harvey in bumper cars in like a fairground, yep. and, and Harvey is wearing like I I want to say like a rally driver's like uniform yes. or like yeah, an orange yeah. one. And he like bumps into John. He's like, "Sorry, but I needed your attention." You're like, "Wait, what?" Suddenly, it's like this is a really hard memory to find. This is an and odd, odd place. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he says like, "Look, if the ancient finds out that I'm here, he's going to terminate both of us." And he says, "You really think Scorpius? Scorpius didn't build the module. You couldn't like, could you build a module from memory?" And John's like, "Well, no." It's like, "Well, there you go then. You couldn't have done it from your neurochip." Are you, are you just trying to save your own hide, Scorpy? And yours, both of theirs. And he says he's leading John onto the, the right track, which is like, okay, so think, who else had the information and had the know-how how to rebuild your ship? And John realizes that, oh, it must have been furlough. Yep. Yeah, because he gave her the data and she was fixing his module when they were there. Yeah, Harvey insists, like, you don't have to tell him about me. I mean, what happens when you tell him? He'll kill us. Maybe he'll even kill Aaron's. Like, uh, and just like, no, he wouldn't. Oh, your risk. Yeah, don't say I didn't tell you so. Yeah, gamble with her life if you will, but yeah, I, I warned you. Cheeky little Scorpius. And so then they go out of that little bit and back into uh, with the uh, Jack back and up one layer. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, like Inception, Inception here. Inception. Yeah. yeah, we go up a layer with the Ancient and Crichton. And Crichton then says, ah, right. So there's this person, Furlough, who, you know, looked at my ship and probably had the means to rebuild it. It's probably her. And so they go out of his mind. So up another level. <laughs> into the wow. 
<laughs> and so Crace and Aaron are still just sort of stood there as they come out of that and they're pointing guns and John's like, okay, no, wait, okay. Everybody calm down. Calm down, this is fine. Yeah, Jack, you need to show them what you showed me. And so he holds up his hand and this image appears of the wormhole with the module and its alien pilot. Both Aaron and Crace don't uh, seem to know it, but Rigel's like... <gasps> oh yeah, he's freaking out pretty bad. Yeah. And so he runs off and he t- tells Stark, like Stark finds like, what's wrong? What's the matter? And he says, it's a charid. They invaded Hynerian space a thousand cycles ago, killing a billion Hynerians, including 80 million of their young. Yeah, and so they repelled... They're young. Yeah, they ate them. They ate the children. And they were able to repel them with suicide attacks, but if they get wormhole technology, they could evade again without warning, and there's no defense against that. Yeah, and no chance to retaliate. Mm. I'm just suddenly realizing that the Hynerians, of course, would have also had an army. Hmm, yeah. I'd never, I'd never considered that. <laughs> well, I like that we get a little bit of backstory for some Hynerian history, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. And so right the sort of gone off he's in like quarters somewhere else on talon while he's telling stark this and then Crace comes in and he says that no it's going to be even worse than that there's an unconfirmed report intelligence reports say that there's an alliance between the charids and the scarons oh, oh. so yeah mm. <laughs> so the charids look i mean they've got very, relatively like bony faces with long hair mm-hmm. down the back of the head and very high very pointy cheekbones and, yeah, and pointy teeth and like mm-hmm. very prominent face bones <laughs> yeah that way. Like, also very vicious looking eyes I'd yeah say. mottled like skin as well they look a little bit gross yeah so yeah and they they look like very angry predatory kind of things mm-hmm. yeah so there's a possibly an alliance between them and the Scarens. Oh, good. Great. Mm. Scarens with wormhole technology. That's that. Oh, that's no. exactly what Scorpius was worried about. Yeah, that's like, exactly what, what the universe needs. Mm. So Jack is talking to Crichton as they're walking through Talon, saying that the ancients, like John says, like, what are you? So what are you guys worried about? Aren't you like all powerful, like hyper-evolved aliens and something? And Jack's like, well, no. Moving our species to the new planet through the wormhole used up most of our power we're defenseless against the hostile species yeah, if like, anybody invades not defenseless but their chances are very bad right yeah. now it's not a done deal if they get get into a fight and so like why are you here and jack's like well i stayed behind to stop anyone finding our new home and i probably won't ever be able to go back no he's cut off on his people he willingly sacrificed himself to basically make sure nobody follows them mm, yeah and so they head off to Dambada, which is where Furlough is. And they get there relatively quickly. I think it's either like there's a cut of like time passing, or you know they know where to go this time. Might be close by. Yeah. And so they head there, and they find. Well, they come into orbit, and Crace uh, and Stark are up in command, and they're like, "Is this Dambada? I thought it was inhabited." And they're like, "Well, scans show that there's nothing. It's all." been destroyed or there's like mm-hmm. radiation signs and there's something bad happened here i like that this scene is Crace and stark because those are the two characters that have never been here before yeah right everybody else yeah actually yeah everyone else was there the first time yep uh-huh. 
And so something bad went down on Dambada. So they're going to go investigate, find out what it was, maybe find furlough and find out who's got the wormhole technology. Yeah, and basically they're going in by force because next yes. scene we see John and Aaron just carrying guns. Yeah, walking along, getting ready to go down. And there's actually some nice dialogue between the two of them talking about how, like, oh, if we can get the wormhole tech, go home. And John says something like, you didn't think I wanted to go home by myself, did you? No. Aaron. Br- Aaron brings up furlough. She's like, yeah, no, great. Bring John's like, yeah, no, great. Bring her along. Great to show the parents. Yes, right. It's like, right, what, you didn't think I would go home without you? Kind of thing to Aaron. Yeah, that, he's hinting like, I don't want to go home alone. Yeah. And she looks and she's like, we should talk, like, kind of smiling a little bit, saying, we should talk about this another time. And John's like, yeah, okay. And, oh my god, that's probably the most mature conversation they've ever had in this show. Oh god, you're right. Where they're like, oh, wow, that's really, huh. You know what, yeah, we, mean, should, we should talk about that later. Right now we've got all this other stuff to deal with, but we'll like, talk about that another time. Like, what, like, are they uh, behaving like an actual couple? <laughs> my God, what a concept! <laughs> How novel! Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> That's actually... I, I This fresh new way of storytelling. I actually really like that they do that in this episode, because most of their interactions, you see them as like a functioning couple, not at each other's throats, not arguing all, nope. all the time. You know, actually being together and it's okay, which is nice. And also, this exchange reminded me of something in the episode that they went to, quote unquote, Earth. Oh yeah, fake Earth. Because I think at the end, John said like you would fit in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, he still believes that. <laughs> which is also why I like that she was learning English at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like he wants to bring her into his world. Yeah, it's and like, look, if you, if you have not, no one else left, if you have no connection with the peacekeepers, you're welcome to come with me. Yeah. Like, nobody would notice the difference. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually really like that they're doing that. That's nice. It's good. So, okay, but now it's time to go in guns blazing because they drop down onto uh, Dambada and there's all the desert, so they actually go down in a transport pod and they sort of put on the big silvery goggles so they don't get blinded because new goggles, new goggles. yeah they're much better than the old ones which it's <laughs> gonna say do they look sillier or less silly no they looked less silly because the old ones were like i think they were painted over like white and they had like tiny little dots in them in the oh, center right. so they were like they're kind of like eclipse glasses but like circular so they just look like they had giant cartoon eyes which was really dumb these are yeah, just like no. ski goggles with like a silvery eyepiece so like that's fine yeah. no this is better you're right <laughs> yeah so they go down in the transport pod and jack's like jack's standing there and like we'll put your goggles on it's like he doesn't need them john said those aren't his real eyes <laughs> and Ryan's just like huh? i was like i have special eyes <laughs> look Look with your special eyes. My brain. <laughs> oh, deep cuts for some some people out there will find that really funny. Everyone else yeah, will wonder what the hell no were we like, talking about? Just, just look, just search, YouTube, YouTube. YouTube search my brand. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself there. No, okay. no, you're right. So anyway, while they're going down, Jack's like, wait, there's a solar flare coming. I can sense them. My, my spidey sense is tingling. <laughs> sorry, my ancient sense is tingling. Because <laughs> remember last time, the solar flares, I think, were what let them do wormholes. 
before. Yes. That's why they were there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the episode, at the end of Till the Blood Runs Clear, Furlough was like, well, there won't be another Solar Flare for like four cycles. For four or eight or something. Somewhere yeah. in that range. And it's not been that long. So no. no two and a half years later. So anyway, they go down, they land, and they go out. Crazy Very cool vista, by the way, coming mm. in with the pod. Yeah, they come in on the pod, and there's just like desert, and there's a few destroyed buildings and larger buildings in the background. Like as they where come the in. city used to be, that was all that vertical. It's like mm. it, it seems like like two thirds of it was just sheared yeah. off the top. And they also use the solar flare to cover their approach because they don't know what's going on down there. So they come in, they land, Crace, Crichton, and Aaron get out to go to Furlow's base. But they're, So they're heading down there like, huh, well, I guess we'll go in this way. And then suddenly there's a whole bunch of heavy gunfire and more, more shooting. And there's another solar flare. And then from behind a dune come an army of chariots I lo- on either I side. I love that John's like, where's the crossfire coming from? Maybe it's just a few dudes. Looks, <laughs> looks behind, entire army coming over the hill. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so they come up and over, and it's chariots in armor, which makes sense. Don't want to do prosthetics for like twelve people. Um, yeah. But the, <laughs> I saw the armor, and you it's an remember, army of predators, right? Yeah, I was gonna say like you yeah. remember how we talked about in relativity how the aliens were using thermal vision like predators. This these uh, the costumes just look like the predator, especially with their long black hair. They've got basically dreadlocks and like an armored helmet, and yes, it just basically it's predator. Yes. I'm getting the sense that somebody who works on Farscape really likes the Predator movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody tells us to get to the chopper at some point, I, I feel that yeah. it has to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that would be John. but <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. And so they come in and shooting at them, basically a bunch of mooks, because the three of them, Aaron, Crichton, and Crace, have grenades and other weapons, and they're shooting at them and able to kind of hold their own a bit because yeah, they're on, they've got cover and they're... and these idiots are hitting nothing. Their artillery cannon, like the group, runs over I don't know, fifty, sixty, probably even hundred meters of open ground, and the mortar just misses. They're just terrible. They're, they're stormtroopers. I was going to. I have written down here stormtrooper aim in my notes. <laughs> they went to the stormtrooper academy of marksmanship, and so. Uh, Stormtroopers had an academy on marksmanship. I mean, I thought it just threw it wasn't very. At some point. It wasn't very good, but so they are getting pinned down by all this gunfire. There's an entrance to fellows like base right in front of them. There's a sort of big door that they're trying to get into. I mean, a base, a base, fellows base. But at this point, we don't know for certain yet. Oh. And so they're under a lot of heavy gunfire, and. Uh, Trace actually has a big, like, the multiple-barreled gun that we've seen Dargo yes. use a couple times, and he's, like, firing it off. But they're pinned down really badly, and Crace can feel Talon being like, no, Talon wants to come in, but there's another solar flare. That's a really bad idea, because he'll get yeah, be- blinded and hurt by the solar flare. Yeah, if he's now in the shadow of the planet, his sensors are just going to play haywire. This is going to get uh, overloaded. But yeah. Talon is like, no, I have to come in and save my friends. And Crace is trying to get him to stop, but he can't. So Talon swoops in and does hero the Talon. big damn hero <laughs> moment. He just comes in firing, just air support, and then flies off. But then As the solar flare hits. Yeah, and Crace is suddenly like, ah, I, ah I'm in so much pain, ah, I can't see. Ah. Aaron, Aaron, while still on the fryer, pulls the transponder out of his neck. Yeah. It's like, look, that thing needs to come out. And so Chris stops feeling all the pain, but he can't see. He's been blinded. 
Yeah, they managed they managed to scare off the army in their backs hmm. and make some headway forward. And Aaron's like, "Okay, Stark, you need to pick Crace up now." Yeah, John and me will go in alone. Yeah, and take him in the transport pod and get him out of here. And again, under fire from the cannon, they managed to get to the door. I love it's a tiny detail. It's just John being like, "Fire in the hall!" And throws a grenade. A grenade, and they both hide to the side. And it's like. Enormous explosion comes out. Breach clear. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Aaron and John just go in and clear the place oh. out. Like it's two against 30, 40, 60 mooks, yeah. and I'm like this D and D party again. Yeah, a, bit, a little bit. I mean, Very also much. it's uh, conservation of ninjutsu, which is a sort of trope. Which is if you have to fight one ninja, like if the heroes yes. have to fight one ninja, that will be the most powerful badass ninja in the world, and they will only barely win. If you have to fight fifty, it's a cakewalk. Like, it's, it's like inverse ninja rule, actually. Doctor McNinja, uh, yeah, comic Doctor McNinja literally mentions <laughs> That's an ex- that. That's an explicit rule in that universe. Yes. Yeah. Like one, ni- one, one. Or two ninjas are incredibly powerful, but a gr- an army of ninjas is incredibly weak. So it's the same thing here. Like, and also, yeah, they're main characters or player characters. Yes. You know, the, the, the... These are just like minor NPCs. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just they and actually the action sequence of you know getting into the compound and then clearing it out is actually pretty well done. Yeah. I know I like you it. I know you've complained before about like confusing action sequences and not knowing where things are. This is actually very straightforward. Yes, um, but every, really well shot and yeah, because clear. it's it's separate scenes, but the progression of the scenes feels mm. nice because yes. it's clearly like the, it clearly starts at the entrance then they work their way down and mm. get into a room there and it's also like all those tiny scenes it's clear where everybody is and it's all yeah. the shooting is all in in the same frame yeah it's done very well and nice and clear and actually nicely paced so it works really well as an action sequence which is good so they work their way down blasting through all of the faceless charred mooks and then they uh, get down to the bottom and they find furlough tied up Mm-hmm. She's just hanging there. It's like, oh hey, good to see you. It's my favorite customer. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, want to cut me down? I actually, I really like furlough as I, a character. I, literally in my notes again. I yeah. like furlough. And like, she's basically the the small, like, large woman with the just covered in engine grease, and is just like really kind of a bit. She's an entrepreneur, you know. She's trying to make yeah, money, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> She's actually really good, and she's, she she's very confident. Mm, which yeah, 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 yeah. She knows exactly what she can and can't do, and she's certain that everything will be just fine. Yeah. Now, if you could please cut her down. Yeah. So they, <laughs> John shoots down the restraints, and they take her with them. But as she gets cut down, like more charids come in and attack, and so they mm-hmm. fend off most of them. And she she picks up the wrench again. That she <laughs> remember this is a thing. Yes. She's got a huge wrench, and she hits them with it, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But there's one of them. One chariot is just down there and like about to shoot. And like, no, wait, keep one alive for questioning. So like, oh, yeah. oh mm, good idea. And so they tie him up. And, and they're like, hey, you got any more friends? And he's like, ha, ah, I hope you brought sisters. There won't be enough to satiate us. And wham! It's like you. Okay, they're they're horrible and I, people. And I also love that John at some point is like. My grandma, what big teeth you have. Because mm, they have got big fangs and like yes. pointed teeth. 
and so they're keeping this prisoner alive so they can question him and so they talk to Furlow about what happened and you know are, are we safe in here actually first of all and she says well the only way into the base is through the front entrance everything else is booby trapped yeah and there should still be automated turrets up should be yeah it's probably fine eh, everything is fine don't worry about yeah, that's, it that's pretty much Furlow's shtick in this like everything is fine <laughs> there's no way they're ever coming in here and so they go through her workshop and she shows Crichton the uh, duplicate module. And he's like, well, what the hell is it? And she's like, well, I got a pretty good scan of your module last time you were here, along with the data tape you gave me. I was able to fly it through a wormhole and survived. And didn't even mush my hair. Yep. <laughs> like the way she says that, mush my hair. Didn't even mush my hair. <laughs> she's, yeah, fellow's great. And she says, well, she hired the charids for security. But they mm. double-crossed her, killed all her techs, and then tortured her to get the wormhole information. Yeah, but Furlow's a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell him anything. I also like that as John is t talking to her, she's like, okay, well, one more thing. And she just grabs him by the neck, pulls him in, and kisses him full in the mouth. It's like, for saving me. <laughs> he just walks off, and just like... It's like oh, oh. sticks his tongue out. It's like she, hey. you don't know how long she's been tied up there, and she's probably covered in engine grease anyway. I was gonna say like, engine <laughs> grease and sweat because she probably didn't shower for a while. It's like <laughs> hey. so we then we see Stark and Crace. Uh, they're back on board. I think we have a bit where Rigel is trying to take off immediately because they're like, okay, they're under fire. We're, we're completely screwed. Oh, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. And Stark just levels a gun. It's like, nope, you're staying right here. And so they pick up Krace and Krace can't see. He's blind. They're like, we'll just, we'll take you back to Talon. We'll find Talon. It'll be okay. Aaron says to them like, okay, Rigel and Jack get down here. Stark and Krace, you go back up. And mm. Stark's like, I'll be your, I'll be your guide. And Rachel just bemoans, oh great, the half-blind leading the blind. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And so they yeah, so they split up. So uh, Rigel and Jack go down to join Crichton and Aaron. And so then Fellow is like, well, who's this guy? Who's Jack? Oh, don't worry. He's an ancient uh, ancient aliens that know all about wormholes. And yeah, he's like, he's one of the few surviving members of an ancient uh, alien race. So, oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's here to make sure the wormhole tech doesn't fall into the wrong hands and then Rigel goes to see the Charid to keep an eye on him yeah and the Charid looks up and he's like oh a Hynerian good I was in for lunch <laughs> and they tell me how many people how many died in your suicide attacks or something he's like oh mm, Rigel is looking visibly upset and pain like He's mostly just pissed off. Yeah. It's like, ah, you see, you fail to now realize a few things. I'm not here to kill you. I'm simply here to ask you a bunch of questions. It's like, ah, torture. If you knew anything about our species, you'd know that our pain tolerance is way too high. Rachel's <laughs> like, oh, oh, I know about that. I also know about your weapons. And he grabs something from the alien's coat that's hanging somewhere else in the room. It's like, for example... I know this scalpel has electronic devices installed to uh, inflict ten times the pain. Yeah. It's made to be even be uh, effective on your species. <laughs> and, and, he's, and the alien's like, no, you wouldn't dare kill me. 
because we have we have a close up on his face, and you can mm-hmm. see the chariot getting actually like wide eyed and scared. It's like, no, the others they want me alive. Ah, uh, you see, here there is one last thing you do not re- realize in your situation. I don't give a frell what the elders think. Yeah, and he just advances on him with the knife. Oh, it's and just and then just a manic smile on his face. We know Rigel can be a vindictive little bastard when he wants to Ooh, be. Yes, and I actually really like that. He's like, I don't care what the others want, and just goes <laughs> nope. towards him. I don't. I don't give a crap what the others want. <laughs> Oof. All right, so we cut back to everyone else, and Jack is talking to Furlow. And says like, well, you don't know the the value of the wormhole technology you have. This is far beyond Turtle's you. Like, no, no, I know exactly the value. That's why I know it's going to make me rich. <laughs> and also, at some point, I think it's either John or Jack walks past the module. Furlow even got the ins- the I I A S A insignia correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's the details that matter. Yeah, and so I think it's either here or in maybe in a slightly earlier scene where like, look, we need to work together. To make sure this stuff doesn't fall into the wrong hands and so on and mm-hmm. furlough says like, well why should i trust either of you and <laughs> aaron's like i'll give you two reasons we just saved your life and this gun yeah. <laughs> and furlough's like fair enough <laughs> I, lo- I actually i love the delivery on just fair enough yep no. <laughs> like yeah no yeah fair you, point you got fair a point, point. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strong argument you have there man yep <laughs> But as they're discussing uh, the value of the wormhole technology, the chariots start a mortar attack. The building yeah. shakes and there's explosions and Aaron and, goes and, to look and see what's happened. And and they ask, Aaron asks Furlo, like, can this place survive mortar attack? And Furlo's like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably. Okay, fine. And <laughs> goes off Again, the scale. Everything is fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But uh, as Erin goes off to scout and find out what happened, she hears a scream and goes to Rigel, and Rigel has killed the chariot. And Rigel is still holding the, basically the torture implement, mm. and the blade is covered in yellow blood, and you can see on the face of the chariot mm. that it's also covered in yellow blood. Erin's like, you killed him? Oh, no, no, no. I am... Um interrogated him hadn't expecting uh, expected him to last this shit briefly and but he did get some information out of him he said that the chariot told him that there's a scarron dreadnought on the way to the planet and it's going to arrive in six arms shit Shut. we're in trouble now Uh-oh. and so we actually get a brief cg shot of a scarron dreadnought advancing yeah and the at least a piece part of it, of it. Like, that looks pretty cool i think it's sort of what kind of shape is it? It's got like almost like star shaped with like lot bits coming off of it mm, in mm. big gray bits with lots of technology. You only see it very up close. You don't get a look at the whole thing. No, you don't get a good look. My idea is that it's a long ship with like a center tube and four tubes mm. running along it, but I'm not entirely sure. I, I guess we we might see. Um, we don't see the full ship this episode. Maybe we'll find out next time. Yep. Um. Anyway. It's coming in in six arms, so they've got a time frame. They've got to get out. And Furlow says, well, what about your ship? Couldn't he, you know, do something? And Aaron says, like, well, look, even if Talon could see, as powerful as he, as he is, he can't stand up to a dreadnought. It's oh, twice, twice the size of a command carrier. Like, oh, that's a big, that's a big ship. Yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> I'm starting to see why the 
peacekeepers having such a hard time in fighting the Scarens. Yeah. So uh, Aaron grabs Rigel and says, "Right, okay, we've got to go do something about the chariots. Come with me." And she's like, "Wait, what? Me?" He's like, "Yes, you. Come on." Yeah, you like killing chariots so much. Let's put that skill to use. <laughs> and uh, Jack and John talk to Furlow and say that, "Look, if the chariots get in, we have to destroy this technology because it's too dangerous to fall in the wrong hands." And yeah, and. So- sure, and- Furlough's basically going like, okay, fine, the Scarens can't ha- have it. How about we just sell it to um, the Peacekeepers and also to the Nabari, like, create a power balance, problem solved, right? And we, we clean house. Yeah, we sell it to everybody and we clean up nicely. Yeah. And so nobody has a clear advantage. But Jack is like, no, you can't do that. This is too dangerous for anybody to have. Nobody yeah. can have this power. And, and like, Furlough pulls a gun. It's like, all right, then. Yeah, she just gets out a big sort of triangular gun with three barrels at the front. Yeah, and she's basically like, I don't, still don't think you're entirely telling the truth on this. Or basically, basically, she doesn't see how this is important. Why should I trust this guy who says it's too powerful? Why? And, and why should I care? Yeah, why should I care? I just want to sell it and make a quick buck. Yeah, and John also pulls his gun mm. on furlough. Also, while they're talking about you know too much power or all this stuff. Furlough's like looking and just like bobbing your head back and forth, kind of like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Like, All right, Whatever. sure. And then like whips the gun out, which is great. And they got yourselves a good old Mexican standoff. Yeah. Get close ups on Furlough and on Jack. And Furlough is basically saying, like, okay, who are you to say that this is too powerful? Who are you to tell me that I can't sell this? Yeah. What gives you the right to talk about that? How and, do you know? Yeah. And so we see a close-up on Jack, and then he basically morphs into his ancient form. Yep. With this time, originally, when we saw the ancients, the first time it was a puppet. Mm-hmm. And it was like an insectoid kind of puppet thing. This time, it's fully CG. We see him, like, transform, and there's, it's still that dark, ruddy, sort of brownish-red color mm-hmm. insect with, like, kind of tendrils on its head and big eyes and, like, skinny limbs. And so he morphs into that and says, I am the last... And he's got, like, an effect on his voice now. Like, I am the last... Yeah. One of the last members of my race, and, like, we are an ancient people. We know all about wormholes. It's less... The effect on his voice is less severe than last time. Hmm, yeah. He basically says, like, we are an ancient peoples. We know the wormhole technology. We, you know, you cannot begin to understand what this all means. Yeah, are you prepared to have the death of countless civilizations on your head hmm. like are you prepared for that furlough and yeah. she looks terrified she just yeah she looks terrified at that and then oh, shit morphs like, back oh. um, okay. her eyes are just from this point on this entire scene her eyes are just wide open like yeah what the the heck oh jeez and so then he morphs back into the form of uh, john's dad and he says i need you to put the gun down and like just slowly reaches over and grabs the gun and puts it down and she's yeah. like well all right then as she leaves she asks john like why didn't you tell me about that <laughs> john's like I'm pretty sure i did <laughs> and she's like yep fair again like same delivery it's like yep fair enough <laughs> so also it's either slightly before or after this scene we see uh Aaron take rigel up to the front up to the surface oh yes and oh, yes, um this. so basically there are like turret encampments and there's basically one big turret, there's a big turret uh, by the entrance. 
and she says to Raja, right, okay, you should go in here. These are turrets that are defenses, but their auto-targeting stuff is not working, so you can still aim it manually. Here's where you shoot, here's where you reload, here's uh, targeting. Here's, yeah. Here's how you move. So, right, you need, I'm going to get you to sit in here and shoot at all the chariots as they come in. And Raja's like, wait, what? I was like, oh, but what? I'm not prepared to do that. It's like, well, I thought you liked killing chariots. Yeah. Like, heck, even if you can't hit them, just make sure they don't advance. And she's like, well, but I'm not, I'm not sure. And she says, tell me again, how many people died when you had to hold back the chariots? Millions upon millions. It's like, right. So now's your chance to get some payback for that. And no, no, Aaron asks way more oh, right. interesting yes. questions. Yes, yes, yes. Like, how many of those were volunteers and how many of those were forced? Hmm. Raj is like, what do you mean? I'm just trying to figure out if honor and bravery is an Ignerian concept or not. Hmm, I think it's bravery and sacrifice, I think. Oh, bravery and sacrifice. Yeah, whether that's the Ignerian concept and Raj was like, hmm. Alright, fine. Where do I shoot? How do I do it again? It's like, right, okay, here's where you reload. And... Yeah, hey, and this is what you used to shoot. And every time she says, she demonstrates that, she basically just fires the cannon. <laughs> so we also have another scene with Stark and Chris. So we've kind of, well, at least at this point, there are like three separate things going on. You know, you've got them paired off with yep. uh, Aaron and Rigel and Stark and Chris and John, Fellow and Jack. So we go Stark and Chris and they back up on Talon and walking through Talon and uh, and like Stark's holding up Chris and so what do you, Chris says, what do you see? Damage, 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 damage. Oh, great. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you're so helpful. What? Oh, and Stark's like, oh, you want more words? Oh, the conduits are damaged. The walls are damaged. The systems are damaged. Like, Everything is basically damaged. <laughs> As Stark is leading him along, Chris is like, ah. Let go of me, I can find my way around my own ship, and he just walks into a wall. <laughs> There's also a great bit where he's like, are you sure about about these things? And then Stark says, look, I can see. And Grace says, if only you could think. <laughs> it's like, damn. That's harsh, Grace. That's Brutal. Harsh. So yeah, Talon is in bad shape, and so they have to try and move him into the dark side of the planet. Yeah, give him a chance to recover, mm. calm him down, repair the damage. Talon gets beaten up every week, I think. Yeah, he's a punching bag. Yeah. So uh, the other thing, actually, that Jack tells Furlow about wormholes is that not only are wormholes, you know, wormholes, they can jump between places, means of transport, they can be turned into a weapon of incredible destruction. Yeah. So there's too much danger in selling the technology. And that's actually when they then pull guns on each other. She's like, mm -hmm. I don't care. But so the important thing is wormholes can be made into a weapon. Yeah. Rather than just being useful for deploying troops or whatever. Yeah, and with the they started to set explosives on both the module and the face stabilizer just in case. Yeah, now that Furlow has been convinced that, you know, nobody should have this power. I mean, is she, uh, convinced is a big word. <laughs> Persuaded, I don't know. Yeah, coerced. Yeah. So Aaron goes to set explosives, and Furlow talks to Crichton. It's like, look, even if we don't all make it out of here, we could hop in this module and get out, just the two of us. Yeah, yeah just you and me. Look, the Charids are going to attack. There's a Scarron Dreadnought coming. There's no sense in everybody dying. We can yeah. get here before the Scarrens arrive, and then we can sell the wormhole technology only to peaceful races, of course, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Scarrens won't leave anyone alive. And John's like, no, we, no one can have this power. Yeah, like, we, so we're not doing it. 
just think about it. And while they're having this conversation, suddenly Furlough's computer starts bleeping. Yeah, and she's like, um, what the hell is that? Oh, crap, that's bad. Apparently somebody is hacking into the computer, which has all the data about wormholes on it. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, they're taking all my data. I say, shut it down. Shut it down. I can. Well, then we try the hard reset, and the guns come out, and just completely blast that thing to pieces. Yeah, they blow it up, and they're like, okay, we've destroyed it. How much data did they get? And she says, well, enough data to create a phase stabilizer of their own. Yeah. And Jack's like, well, okay, we need to destroy the dreadnought. That's like, where did the data go? Well, the chariots are not smart enough Hmm. for hacking like that. So my guess, Scarens. It's yeah. on that dreadnought now. And, so that, like, okay. and Jack's like, we need to do something about that. And it's like, didn't you just hear didn't you just hear me? It's on the dreadnought now. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, Talon can't touch it, and Talon is the biggest gun they have, so yeah. they're screwed. But Jack thinks, well, wait a minute. We can t- convert the stabilizer into a weapon, but I'm gonna need your help, says to Crichton. And so they're gonna go take a walk uh, while Jack has something to tell him. So he says, look, uh, last time we met, you don't remember this, but we put the equations for wormhole knowledge in your brain that were supposed to be hinted at. You weren't supposed to access them straight away. No. And like, well, why did you do that for? It's like, so that you could discover it on your own. We couldn't just give you the knowledge. And Chance like, oh, so you can't just give it to me because otherwise I have to figure it out for myself. Otherwise it's cheating. Yeah. It's like, no, well, ha- hang on. That knowledge would have shaved years off your research. Oh, great. Years might have shaved off my research because it's might it's like no great fantastic he's not as loud as i am right now but he's clearly bitter about this yeah and uh, jack says that well the knowledge is dangerous and we didn't want to give some ancients well most of the ancients didn't want to give it to you at all yeah they didn't want to give you anything and that kind of answers my question of like well okay if the ancients are so set on wormholes being super dangerous, why did they give the information to Crichton in the first place? Well, there's your, there's your answer. Not everybody wanted to. But why did Jack want to? That's the question I still had with this. I like, think I mean, that Jack sees potential in John, and maybe even the human race. Mm, I think uh, I would have to go back... Because remember, in human reaction, Jack basically assumes the role of a human. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sympathizes with humans a bit more. I mean, he's still wearing the form. Hmm. Like he said, it's like he said that he saw a large part of humans uh, were dangerous, but there's also the potential of people who welcome them. Hmm. And I think that that's the point. They were like, look, if we give him this subconsciously, if he is worthy for it, he'll get it. Right. Otherwise, if he's too dangerous, it won't be a, a problem yeah thinking back to that episode that does make sense i think the problem when i was watching this the first time around was like that was a long time ago yeah and so trying to make that connection even though you know sitting down and talking about it it does make sense it's a bit of a leap of like right right they thought that it could potentially be and it's also it's oh yeah so- it's, i'm i'm filling in the blanks it's here. also the episode s- is not saying that it's also sort of a retcon because the we secretly gave you information and you don't remember is absolutely a retconning device. Yeah, Um, I mean, that's totally what they did in that. Like, after the ancient episode, they added that bit of info. It's like, 
by the way, we gave you info that you didn't know about. It was either a retcon or it was just like, it was presented to the audience as like, there isn't a secret to uncover, it's just suddenly, oh, by the way, you actually know this and we didn't yeah, tell you. Yeah, like there, there's like this thing. That we so put in, there. in this episode, because it's having to do a lot of catching up from season one, I still have a few questions that mean like you have to go back to the earlier episodes to figure out. Yeah. And, and even then... You're it's filling in clear. blanks. So that's less than ideal because I, th I appreciate them saying that the ancients didn't want to give John the knowledge because you just did a whole speech about how dangerous wormholes are. Mm -hmm. So it'd be weird that you gave him wormhole knowledge in the first yeah. place. But you still also, have that question of, well, then why did you want to give it to him? And also now that they're working on this thing, on what they're going to do with this face stabilizer, Jack's like, I mean, what we're going to do the ancients would allow it but they they can't do anything because they're off in their new planet and they've lost a lot of power from going yeah, there. and they sh this is incredibly important because this is for their protection but if they know they kill us both oh good oh that's good and just <laughs> like great like i don't ha i already have half the universe chasing after me i don't need to add the ancients to that list hmm which you know fair point and and jack is making an impassioned plea like look i need your help yeah with this Mm. And John's like, look, I never said I wasn't going to give it to you. Yeah, I didn't say no. I'm just saying you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Basically, pretty much. Just saying you guys are assholes. I'm, I'm going to help, but what the hell, man? <laughs> also, John is definitely, I guess, in this case, he's kind of like the very reluctant chosen one. Where like the ancients he... are like, you are the one with the wormhole knowledge. He's like, I didn't ask for this. Why are you putting all this on me? I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> All right. I, I get John being like, look, you guys are playing me. I'm a pawn in this whole game, and yeah. I don't like the fact that you withheld wormhole information from me. Because mm. that's what he's been looking for to get home this whole that's time. Why, that's why at the start home... of the episode, mm. we didn't mention this, but when John was talking to Aaron, he mm. says at some point, like, look, right. I thought the ancients were done with me. Mm. And Aaron's like, yeah, then why do you care going back? John's response is because I'm not done with them yet. Right. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's an important line there. He's like, yeah, I still need to go home. And they're the only ones yeah. who can help me do that. So he's still going to help them destroy, you know, the fade stabilizers and the, the and the wormhole information on the Scarens. Too dangerous. Mm -hmm. So Jack goes to furlough and says, right, if we're going to turn this into a weapon, I need these things. I need like rattles off a list of science fiction parts. No, no, no. He doesn't say if we're going to build a weapon. He says, I'm going to need these parts. Jack is very specifically, one, not mentioning they're building a weapon, and two, explaining what they're building exactly. No, but he's... He does not want furlough to repeat that. Yeah, so, okay, you need these bits and bring them to me. She's like, well, okay, I'm going to go get them. And You don't ask for much, do you? Yeah, so she goes off. And then Crichton goes to Jack. He's like, I, uh, I have something I need to tell you. And yeah, I have a confession to make. He says, I know about the stuff you put in my head. Like, that's like, not news to me. It's like, how do you know that? He says, well, a guy called Scorpius found out about it and put a chip in my head to get the information out. And you see clips of the Aurora chair and, you know, a few, yeah. a few of those episodes. And Jack's like, did he succeed? It's like, well, the chip's out now, so more or less. And it's like, wait, what the hell, man? And Aaron comes oh, So in. why didn't you tell me this? Hmm. And I like how he looks back at Aaron yeah, before as, he says the next bit. He's like, yeah, second confession time. As part of that chip, before it was removed, there was some uh, bleed over. 
And Jack says, a neural clone? Like, yep. Yeah, that's that's one name for it. I like to call him Harvey. Yeah, chunk of Scorpius's personality got left behind. And Jack's like, well, we can't unlock the information in front of the clone, then. So Sounds like, agreed. Um, it's like, yeah, oh crap, then that ruins our plan. And Jack says, like, my mental powers, I like, I have mental abilities, as we saw earlier, going into mm-hmm. John's head, but they're limited. So by myself, I can't drive him out of you, but maybe No, he says, together. like, if, yeah, if, I, if what... I give you my mental energy, you should be able to get him out. And John's response is like, could give you me. sound a bit more confident? <laughs> give me your energy. <laughs> so, yeah, they have to, if they, if they want to unlock the wormhole information in order to actually complete this task. Harvey needs to go. And then, in the middle of this, the chariots start attacking. Yeah, just a part of the wall blows out and knocking John unconscious. Uh, basically, they're fighting off the chariots. Aaron just starts blasting into the hole. And John lying on the floor, we zoom back into John's mind. And then we go to see Harvey and John. And it, there's like a, I guess what it's like, an angled upward shot from beneath John and Harvey. And it sort of like zooms into them pretty quick, like shum, 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 a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And they're still in the fairground. You can actually see in the background a big sign that says Coney Island which is in ah. New York, so that's where they're supposed to be. I think this was all filmed in Australia. But um, <laughs> but Harvey's still wearing like the rally driver's uniform. And he's like, we must talk, John. You cannot seriously be considering my removal. It's like, that's exactly what I'm considering. And Harvey also says, like, look, John, I've permeated every part of your mind. If you try to fight me, I will fight back and yeah. I will win. Mm. It's like just like, are you threatening me, Harvey? I won't go easy. Either I survive, or neither of us will. And he's like, are you prepared to die? And then, <laughs> yeah, just grabs him, pulls him close, like, Argh. and then, and I'm like, you're bluffing, Harvey. <laughs> if you could do that, you would have done it a long time ago, <laughs> or like right now. Mm. So Aaron manages to wake up Crichton after. Furlow serves a grenade into the hole. Oh, yes, I love that. Like, Aaron and Furlow, well, Aaron's shooting at the chariots coming through, and she just, Furlow picks up a grenade and grabs the spanner and just, like, boing, boing, and slams it in, and just the entire (laughs) hole just explodes. She's like, we're close, you dinks. (laughs) What what does she actually say? I forget. She uses a made-up swear word. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of all of the... Oh, there's a... so many, like, made-up swears. There's a far block ton of swear words and jargon in this episode. Yeah. Like, it's really heavy this time around. Anyway, so, yeah, it's like, we're, I just, I did like her yelling, we're closed. <laughs> also, there's the way she says it. It's like, we're closed, cocking her head a little bit. It's like, get out. <laughs> so, Aaron wakes Crichton up, and, right, we've got to get on with the plan. Crichton says to Jack, it's like, no, okay, we need, let's do this. Let's get rid of Harvey. Yeah, and Aaron's like, one sec, I need to go give Rigel some uh, new bullets. Because Rigel calls over, and actually, <laughs> Rigel, while the attack's been going on, you've seen Rigel actually firing the cannon, and he's uh-huh. like, starting out, and then <laughs> he's like, yes, eat lead, you, mon- you bastards. You blood-sucking monsters. <laughs> he's like, like, he's a pretty good shot, actually. He's really getting into it, and he calls over, he's like, I need more ammo. So uh, Aaron goes to give him some more ammo, and she's like, don't start anything without me. And uh, then we have a cut to Talon, and Crace is trying to get manual control. And he's like, well, what, something's wrong here. Like, what about this panel? It's like, this panel seems fine. It's not working. What about this one? Get the comms so we can talk to Aaron and Greton. I just realized that the reason Crace doesn't want 
Stark's help is because he's too, he's too proud. Like, I can do this all myself. I don't need some lowly Bannock slave to help me. Well, also, this is probably because I was editing uh, Meltdown today. Remember what happened in Meltdown? Remember what happened at the end of Meltdown where, he, where Chris said to Stark, you don't get control of Talon anymore because of right. what happened. Right, good point. Yeah, no, fair point. Fair so it's like, no, don't touch that. I'm like, in control. I might be I blind, but no. I've seen what you do if you're in control. Stay the hell away from my ship. Yeah, exactly. I... And I'm glad I I'm glad I um, was editing that today because that actually makes a lot more sense now. I totally forgot about that. Mm. So yeah, they they do get manual control and they get in touch with Aaron like, oh, there's a Scarron dread not, and then it cuts out. Aaron, hello, hello, and because a flare strikes up again. Can can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? So can yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> so yeah, then Chris gets. Talon into the dark side of the planet. So Aaron stocks up Rigel's ammo, and Rigel's like, "Ah, I'm enjoying this. Did I ever tell you about Rigel the Ninth? Some warrior who uh, rode into battle. It's like, oh, he sounds pretty brave. He was an idiot. Dominars <laughs> are far too important to be wasted on the field of battle. But then Rigel's like, but I can see why he did it. This is fun. <laughs> Start yeah. shooting at more of them. Yeah, and- he missed the car on the, uh, uh, when Aaron arrived, and the car comes back, and he finally hits the thing. And he's like, hey, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, Aaron, and Aaron actually leaves, says, like, we'll make a soldier out of you yet. <laughs> and so Aaron goes back to Crichton, and he's like, right, let's get ready to do this. And he gives her his gun, and she's, like, you know, holding him close and, like, okay, let's do this. And they kiss, and then Jack's like, right, let's do the thing. And he puts his hand on John's head and we flash into John's mind with Harvey and Crichton on a roller coaster. <laughs> yes! Which is great. So the, the, it's sort of it's going along quite slowly. Like... And you can, you can see John is just sitting there relatively casually, more matter-of-factly, like, this is, this is serious. And Harvey's just next to him is like, no, let me out, let me out. What are you doing, John? What are you doing? <laughs> and he says, I, I don't want the wormhole knowledge, John. I, I, there's no reason to get rid of me. I just want to coexist. It's like, yeah, no, I don't want to coexist, Harvey. You gotta go. It's like, no reason for that. Only my other half wants the wormhole knowledge. And uh, I, I'm not in contact with him anymore. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I might as well go. Huh? <laughs> He's like, well, buckle up, Scorp. And he's like, oh. And then you get the close-up on Harvey's face. And just Wayne Pilgrim does the best, like, look. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Scorp. the whole, no, let me go, let me go, let me go. It's great. That's why I love Harvey is because you get to use, like, Scorpius's character, but let's just have a lot of fun with him, which yes. doesn't work for regular Scorpius. No, but perfectly for Harvey, who's... Uh, basically off the leash in some ways and he's been kind of contaminated by john's mind as well mm. and so it's like buckle up and they start climbing and then go down it's like close. it seemed like he's just using you john he's going to he's kill gonna everyone kill he's gonna kill you he's gonna kill aaron hey you do not get to play the aaron card <laughs> and you, the- you killed her it's like she's better now yeah and zon's dead whose fault is that that struck me as odd, because I don't think Scorpius had anything to do with that. <laughs> I mean, technically, he was the reason that Aaron died, yeah, and the first... by proxy, that oh, caused Zan to die. I guess, because, because was, yeah. Yeah, Zan traded her life for oh, yeah. Aaron's. All right, okay, that makes sense. Right, gotcha. It's like, yeah, Aaron's alive, 
that death just got transferred to Zan. So it's still your fault, Scorpio. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. If she hadn't, if she hadn't died mm. uh, saving them, she almost certainly would have died from the disease she caught. Right, 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 right. She was dying anyway. Right. So, the, you know, all of this dialogue is being delivered legitimately, like, not like a green screen, not like a rear projection, on a roller coaster. I'm assuming they did ADR on this. They almost certainly did, because, like, the sound, you would not get good sound on a no. roller coaster. <laughs> no, definitely not, but still. I mean, ADR happens all the time, yeah, even, no, just for, even just for normal scenes. Oh yeah, but God, I just like that they really filmed it on a real roller coaster. Yes, <laughs> which is great, and so they probably we... cheaper to do it a green screen screen. Well, actually, yeah, let's actually let's take a brief aside because there's some backstory to this because the roller coaster they did was at uh, Luna Park. Those scenes were originally supposed to take place on a river next to the studios. But Peter Andricidis, I hope I'm saying that right, who's the director for the episode, was like, you know what? No, this will be more fun. This will be more <laughs> it was. fun. If we do this instead. I can't imagine these scenes taking place just next to a river. That would have not been nowhere near so much river. better. And so you can see, uh, even though it's supposed to be Coney Island, you can see Sydney Harbour Bridge during some of the scenes. <laughs> I was not paying attention to that. But um, Ben Browder and Wayne Prigham were one of the last group of people to ride on the roller coaster at Luna Park, which is where it was filmed. And the roller coaster was dismantled shortly after filming and transferred to Queensland instead. I mean, given the next part of this scene, that makes sense because yeah. So they go through the roller coaster. I think there's a few shots from outside of like you know, the chariots attacking and so on. And we flash yeah. back into John's head, and you see John and Harvey dangling from the roller coaster. Yeah, and which Harvey's is, hanging on to John's boot. Which is a legit stunt, but done by stuntmen. I assumed that. Yeah. You know, obviously with like a big crash pad underneath. But because mm -hmm. um, when you go to close ups, it's clearly like, you know, a studio shot or something. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> but I'm, I'm impressed they did the real stunt at all, which is really cool. So they're hanging there. And I love that as John is hanging there and Harvey's hanging on his boot, John is basically like. Look, Harvey, there's a season of being and there's a season of letting go. Yeah, there's a season for everything. A time and to like, live and yes. a time to die. And, like, more callbacks. Oh, yes. Callback City. Bad. This episode is Callback City, not just the plot, but all these little bits. Yeah, uh, it's really I, good. I love that he brought that piece back because mm. that's how their whole dynamic started when yeah, that John was, had to go. That's one of the first things he said to him. And After the chip was removed. Mm. And so uh, Harvey's like, no, the alien is using you and he'll kill everyone when he's finished with you. And he's like, nope, you're still going. He's like, right, I warned you, Crichton. And he climbs up him and like just grabs and his face is like, Rrr! and then they both fall down and they fall. And then we see a shot, a CG shot of them falling through a wormhole. Yeah, tumbling through a wormhole. And as this happens on the outside, Jack and John just collapse. Mm. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa. First she checks Jack. Jack, are you there? Hello? Nope. Goes over to John. It's like, John, John. His eyes slowly open. Because Aaron gives him mouth to mouth because he's like unresponsive. Yeah. She's like, give him, and he, his eyes open. And, and he looks dazed for a moment. And then he says, it wakes up, he says, Ah, Officer Sun, such lovely lips. And then grabs her by the throat. You're like, oh shit. He's back. Harvey is in control. Holy crap. Yep, back again. And as Aaron also grabs him by the throat, and we see as they're talking, like, Aaron asks, we take a shot back to Aaron, 
who says, like, where's John? And we <laughs> cut back to John, and he is back in his Scorpius makeup. Yes, which looks great as ever. And says, Crichton gambled and lost. And He's gone now. And so she pulls her gun, or she pulls Crichton's gun out and puts yeah. it to Scorpius John's head. And, and then you can see her with a tear in her eye, just close up, and that's the final frame of the episode. It goes yes. to be continued, and like ah, holy ah. shit! <laughs> oh, what a cliffhanger! Yes, such a good cliffhanger. All right, that was part one of Infinite Possibilities. Oh, and, and the thing is, I'm not entirely sure if that could go either way. That scene we've talked like, about this with Green Eyed Monster. Like they have two Crichtons. Yeah, anything, anything can happen. That's right? true. But also, just internally, like, is yes, Scorpius... Scorpius could be in control. This could also be Scorpius being, like, one last gamble. If I can get her to shoot me, I take John with me. Also that, yeah. Who knows? I don't I don't know which one it is true. It's a big cliffhanger. I so kind of sticks around. Mm, we, we'll see. I mean, we'll find out next week in part two, Icarus Abides. But let's wrap up what we thought about this episode. Overall, this was a really good episode. It was a really good episode. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, just... The pacing is good. It's mm-hmm. a good there for but structure. Like yes, I was start, thinking that once you get the start, it's like everything follows logically from the last piece, and it's got so much continuity with the past, bringing yeah. back furlough, Dambada, and all of those other little bits and pieces. Good um, action scene. Yeah, the action scene's the first one where they're breaking into the compound is nicely done, and actually the tension of the final scenes with Crichton on the roller coaster and mixed with more action with Rigel and the guns, mm-hmm. actually that works really well. Speaking of Rigel, he's uh, right. He, we his actually turret we, actually gets hit by a mortar and there's a shard in his stomach and there's blood everywhere. It's right, like, we skipped over oh. that because of everything else that's happening. But again, like that's another hook for the next episode. It's like, oh, he's badly hurt, and like, and we don't have any vines nearby this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually they would they deliberately put the injury in the same place that he got hurt the first time. They could probably reuse the last. <laughs> yeah, <but> probably. Serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, but the, that cliffhanger is oh, that's a really good one. Always good to see Harvey because Harvey is a lot of fun, especially with yeah. just the fairground, just him popping in in the bumper car. Like, excuse me, John, I need your attention. Like, mm, bum, <laughs> I mean, even if we do lose this Harvey, we've got a spare. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the effect of Harvey as well. We have two Harveys now, so we have a spare. So, uh, what to rate this episode at? Definitely four. I, I oh, yes, felt like comfortably a four. a four. It's the f- it's the final few scenes that edge it that way towards the top marks. I, I, I argue what what edges me to the five is the scene between John and Aaron about yeah, you don't think I'm gonna go back alone? Yeah, right? also that as well. Actually, that that's, that's true. actually that's, oh, is that's mm. the character moments and also mm. Rigel having a moment and a uh, little continuation of Crace and Stark like mm. you said. I mean I've said before in previous episodes that when we give something a four but we don't give it a, the, often but it's still a really good episode oftentimes oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, reason yeah, yeah. we do, oftentimes the reason we don't give it a five is because it doesn't have it's fun and enjoyable but because it doesn't have a but it doesn't have a big impact. Not so much like that, but there's nothing that... To use a wrestling term, there's nothing that puts it over. The idea is that, you know, there isn't, like, a big impactful thing. It's why... You look at the way we weren't, that has a big emotional punch to it, right? That's the sort of stuff that takes an episode, for me, from a four to a five. Yeah, because it it does something so well that you just... You never forget that episode. everything else being equal, 
that's what t takes things up. And the final bit of trying to get rid of Harvey, but Harvey being back in control, almost gets there. Because it's, it's a big, like, oh shit, Harvey's in control again. The last time this happened, Aaron died. Yeah. Good point, actually. I forgot about that. Mm. So that made me think, oh, oh, that makes me want to give it a five because it's like, oh. it pulled the proper, holy crap, this is a, and it stakes does a so many things so well. It sets out to do something. The action scenes are great. Mm. Like, I, I think there's nothing that this episode drops. I think the only problem for me is when we talked about, we had to dive deep into the ancient stuff to understand yeah, why they gave him the knowledge in the first place. I think that could have been a lot clearer. Like, why Jack gave him the knowledge at all is explained that might still in, in way back okay yeah that's the other thing this is part one of two mm -hmm. so there may that may be fixed but we can't forgive the episode on that the episode has to stand on its own right? yeah you're absolutely right yeah. so not making it clear why then if they hate if they don't like people having wormhole knowledge why john has it that's that's sort of a not a plot hole because it's just not adequately explained it, mm -hmm. they could have gone deeper on that we were able to figure it out based on the previous episodes involving the ancients, but that was two seasons ago. Yes. Like that was that was a long time ago. I have a specific memory, but yeah. That. So that's the only stuff I think they could have done better. And that's the thing, I'm not sure. I want my heart wants to give it a five because of the final, but I'm like, you know that that's actually a problem. It's not like a little Yeah, and there's like I think I'm gonna go four out of five. Yeah. And the thing is, my, in my case, my head tells me it should be a five, but my heart's like, there's something missing. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's, maybe there's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Hmm. I think it's it's close. It's really, really maybe, maybe close. Maybe it's the scenes with Stark and Crace that don't really go anywhere yet. No, but I I think that stuff is a consequence of it being part one of two. Yeah, probably. Um, but even then, like, yeah. that, it, it, as you said, you, you need to judge it by itself. It's like, mm. yeah, but there's, there's I think, nothing I think when it there. Comes, I think when it comes to two-parters, you, you know, you judge them by themselves, but there are some things that you can forgive even when you are judging it by itself because you it has a chance to explain things later on. Fair enough. Uh, but typically that will be stuff that it gets set up in this episode. Mm -hmm. Not like the ancient stuff, which was, you know, a callback to previous things that happened, right? This yeah, was. Point. It's not like we set up this problem in this episode, but we don't answer the question. Like, we ask the question, we don't answer it, we answer it in part two. This is like, well, we're trying to answer a question that we've had since season one, mm. and we don't get one. I mean, on the other hand, the fact that how dangerous wormhole technology is didn't come up until this episode. Yeah, so, so. I think. That's the only thing that's really bugging me is that they could have done a mu they could have done a better job making it clear why Jack gave John the wormhole knowledge when wormholes are supposed to be super freaking dangerous. Yeah, because he had a whole speech about that, and that's not just a minor, minor tiny plot hole like somebody's glasses are in the wrong place and the shot. It's like no, that's actually important because that's a lot of motivation for this episode and for John. And for the ancients, so yeah, eh. yeah, it's one of those things where if you start thinking about it, it's a problem. Yeah, but <laughs> mostly I don't, I didn't mind it during the time, the two times yes. I watched it. So yeah. I don't think I don't hold something that 
only on closer inspection falls apart. That's I don't fair. hold that against an episode that's because fair. like if it's in the moment it works, that's that's where it's supposed to work. I it's think not supposed to be you're not supposed to be watching it seven times and yeah. going into every little detail. <laughs> I think that's the difference for me is when I was watching it, I, I did go like, wait a minute. What? Yeah, then so, it, that makes sense. That yeah. It's more, more thing for you. So it's close. It's almost a five, but it's a very good four. It's, very high, yeah. There's very a few little four. bits and pieces that take it away. But without those, if... Just for me, if they had just put in an extra sentence, one sentence of like, you know, I wanted to give it to you to see if you could, because I believe in you. Yeah. That that would have just been quick thing. Like, I gave you the wormhole knowledge because I believed in your ability to, you know, use it well or something. Yeah, use it responsibly. Yeah. yeah. But that that's all it would have needed to take it from a four to a five from me. Oh, well. Because that plugs that hole. But... That's where we are. Four out of five. Still a really, really good episode. Yeah, I mean, for like, like I always say, four to five is a good episode. So, and no, a great episode. I think three I think is I would a good episode. Is, three is a good episode. Four is a great episode. Five is a fantastic episode. Two is a mediocre episode, and one is just a bad episode. Yeah, and we haven't had those yet. We've so only had a one. We've only had one one episode. Yeah, and that's that's because uh, retroactively, that's what Jeremiah Crichton got. Oh yeah, I guess I suppose so. Yeah, it was when a we two. Shifted it the was grade. A, right. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. All that means is though that next week, looking forward to next week because, yeah. oh boy, that cliffhanger. Uh, let's see if there's anything we can actually say about next week without spoiling it. Uh, nope. I'm just nope. I'm just reading through it. I'll take that bullet for spoilers. It's okay. Like I said, this is, this is a rewatch podcast, so, you know, I'm coming back to this with certain knowledge, so that's fine. Good. I don't know what happens next, so I don't want to. Yeah, so, uh, all I mean, you know what threads we've got here. We've got Crichton taken over by Harvey. We've got trying to destroy the Scarron Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. And Furlough seems to be interested in just getting out of there. So, you know, all Rigel. Of, all of, yeah, Rigel's bleeding out. All of that will be followed up next week. You know, that's that's okay. the thing with a two-part episode. And, yeah, we'll be back next week then with Icarus Abides, part two of Infinite Possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thanks for joining us for this week's episode. This was a really good episode. Um, yep. I'm glad we got to talk about, you know, structure and why it did or didn't work because there was actually quite a bit to unpack of why these things work really well and why some mm-hmm. things don't. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next time. Like I said, in the meantime, you can find us around the web. On Twitter, I'm at Can't Wear Hats. And Red, you are? I'm at RedNightmare7. Hey! And go to can'twearhats.co.uk for previous episode links to the RSS feed for this podcast and iTunes, where we would appreciate, you know, rate, like, comment, subscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and All that stuff. Like, uh, it, leave a review if you want. If you feel if like you, it. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd we, we'd really appreciate it. It helps spread the, spread the message. Also, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your yeah, enemies. It's like, Tell the, tell the guy down way. the street, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, you over there. Have you heard about this podcast? <laughs> Maybe don't do that, but I mean, yeah, no. what could, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know what? If quite you want to, things. go ahead. We you don't, don't mind. I, I can't stop you from doing that. It's... And I'm not assuming that it'll ever tra- track its way back to us, so <laughs> we're not culpable. A <laughs> lawyer's advice is to say this. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we'll be back next time. And finally, just a reminder that all of this stuff is supported by the Cantwell Hats Patreon, and that is patreon.com forward slash Cantwell Hats. Let's me do all these ed- podcasts and editing them and doing the streams 
And actually, I should mention uh, there is a new podcast that we are doing. That I, there is a new podcast that I'm uh, putting out, not mm -hmm. related to Farscape, <laughs> uh, but it is related to video games. It's called Press X for Story, and we're going to be talking about video game narratives and good ones, bad ones, what works, what doesn't, and so somewhere between a review and a, you know a discussion about. Uh, narrative in video games so look out for that on the website cartmahats.co.uk the first episode should be up possibly by the time this goes up or fairly soon after and the first one has me red nightmare as well hey. and our friend navaran talking about deus ex mankind divided so there you go a little yes. plug for that you know got to cross promote everything and like i said all that's supported by the patreon anyway enough of all that blather we're done here we'll see you next time and uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Whee! Okay, Red, I've got a great idea for next week. Uh-oh. We, we record the podcast on a roller coaster. Hats, that's not going to work. There's, like, way too much rent resistance, too much noise of the tracks. It's... There's no way we could pull that off. Don't worry, I thought about that. We'll have to go start practicing right now. Hang on, wait. Don't, wait. No, come with me. Come on, here we no, go. No, Just no. in you get. There no, we go. And no, I'll get in as well. Hats, off hats, we go. Hats, let me out. I, nope. I do very badly in roller coasters. I'm terrified of these things. Don't worry, this is going to be great. It's going to sound amazing. Trust me on this. I can't. We can't stay up here all week. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine.